Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday Wallop right here on Jaybird Watching. I am Craig Borden with you and my co-host, Brennan Panikar. How's it going, my friend? Howdy, my friend. It was uh, good seeing you last Friday, and thank you for the uh, the beer from our hard-earned efforts here on Jaybird Watching. Yeah, our wonderful 15 oh, sorry, $16 in profit as of this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to buy most of that beer. <laughs> it was a good time, though. As uh, fun as it goes. Um, also with us tonight, Brendan, we got one of our best friends here, Adam Corsair of South of the Six. How's it going, my friend? Speaking of beer, what's going on, guys? Oh, damn, I know I forgot something. <laughs> That's right. Came so, prepared. As always. Yeah. So, gentlemen, this topic of discussion this evening is going to be Blue Jays spring training, and plus we have our wonderful, you know, we're breaking into the top ten on our uh our top prospects countdown, which um, as Adam is part of this math as well, too. So you're happy to get in on the vote a little bit here, aren't you, buddy? Ah, that's what I'm all about, man. You know, contributions on my end. I, I would do anything for you, Craig. So it's all good. <laughs> well, then uh, we'll just have to make sure we figure out that road trip at some point and do all the fun, <laughs> brand <Yeah>. included. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll hit all the minor league ballparks. It'll be fun. Yeah, you guys come to Pawtucket and uh, look at the concrete stadium that's going to be knocked down in a couple of years. So. <laughs> well, it's okay. The New Hampshire Fisher Cats are just about as far away, aren't they? Uh, from no, no, Pawtucket's in my in my neck of the woods, okay. but New Hampshire is about an hour drive for me, so that's that's doable. That's sure. not too bad. That's definitely doable. Yeah, and it's such a nice little scenic ballpark, and plus we can see all those dents that Vladdy put on that hotel during the season. Yeah, yeah all those exactly. those broken windows. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good deal. So, do we want to start with the Vladdy situation, gentlemen? Uh, once again, Ross Atkins has stuck his foot, theoretically, in his mouth as far as the service time stuff goes. I know it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, but unfortunately, this is a current event, and we got to keep talking about this fun service time thing that we know is going to happen. Adam, you want to be first? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I may be in the minority here, but I think they're doing the right thing. Um, the Blue Jays aren't, you know, on paper, anything could happen. This is baseball, all right? So, like, I'm just throwing that out there. But we don't expect this team to compete for anything in 2019. So why bring him up? I guess the, the reason is people are saying, you know, we're, we're fans. We pay good money to watch him. But, you know, they're not – the job of the organization is not to look out the sing, not to look out for the single best interest of one individual player. All right? It's to look out for the, sing, uh, the interest of – the entire organization now and in the future and what serves this team now and in the future is to hold down what could be the best player in franchise history that's not hyperbole this could literally be the best player in franchise history and to have him for as long and as cheap as possible because if you have him for as long and as cheap as possible that means that you can afford assuming roger spends i get it but they can afford 
to buy other players to bring in and to sort of build around him, and you have a consistent winner. So I'm I'm fine with them keeping him down for what a month in AAA. Fine, whatever. I'm cool with it. Personally, yeah, I got Buffalo I, 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 opening day tickets, so I'm sold anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, Adam, you summed it up perfectly. I mean, I don't get why people are freaking out. Like, I I can understand that people are interpreting Ross Atkins' comment in a way he probably didn't intend it because he said on um, MLB Network Radio uh, that Vlad Jr. is not a major league player right now. He said, I just don't see him as a major leaguer. He's only 19. And people are freaking out uh, at that for reasons because, I mean, we all know he's ready. Ross Atkins knows he's ready. The whole organization, all of baseball knows that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is ready. But as Jeff Blair so kindly summed up, he said, here's the thing, folks. Ross Atkins can't say Vladdy's ready, then have him start in the minors. It's not possible. You cannot do that. You can't come out and say he's going to start in the minors without a grievance being filed. The Cubs went through the exact same thing with Chris Bryant. I'm pretty sure that grievance is still going on between the Major League Baseball, the Players Association, and the Chicago Cubs because they called up Chris Bryant a day after they were allowed to. Vladdy's not going to be up here the day after his uh, uh, cutoff is done. So. People better get used to it. And you know what? We're going to go through the exact same thing next year with Bo Bichette because they're going to want to keep Bo down until past the service time manipulation because they're going to want to stagger when Vlad and Bo can become free agents. So start getting used to it now. He's not coming up here right at the beginning of the year, no matter what he does in spring. So I really don't understand why people are freaking out so much. It's not a big deal. No, relax, I, relax yeah. young Jedi. You know, he'll make it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it, look, I, you're you nailed it, dude. Like, the, what else is Atkins supposed to say? Like, literally, yeah. he would, it, it, the case would be closed if and when a grievance was filed. And let's not forget, this is something that was agreed upon by MLB and the Players Association. So all the Blue Jays are doing is following the guidelines that both parties agreed on. So do I think this is a system failure within those two? Like the CBA, rather? Yeah, I do. I, I think that this is, you know, objectively unfair to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But again, we're not here to be fair. We're here to win, right? Winning trumps everything, right? If if I told you that this would guarantee a championship five years from now, do it. Like, do it. I know that's yeah. like, stupid to say. But, like, look, it, it's if we didn't – if we started him – if we – if the Blue Jays started him <laughs> in at the start of the season – then Blue Jays fans would complain when he's up for free agency. They say they would say, should have kept him for another year or another month down in the minors. Like It's a no-win situation. So right now what's best for the organization as a whole for the team's future is to keep him down in AAA for a month, literally for a month. Like The, the beginning of the season is not going to make or break it, even if they were contending. So just do it. Like Look at Osuna last year. Like the the it's not like Anthopolis didn't do the same exact thing, right? So this is part of the 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 agreement between MLB and the MLBPA, and it, it's a system failure. It's not a Blue Jays failure. So in that aspect, I'm for it. Yeah. So as far as the system failure thing goes, though, just think about this: Vlad's not even the only guy that's going to get service manipulated this year. The San Diego Padres are so going to do that same thing to Fernando Tatis Jr. And tell me I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so as far as all the good, fun shenanigans go, this is a baseball problem, as you guys are saying. And it's not going to go away anytime soon. And this is unfortunately the pending doom of Major League Baseball possibly in the next couple of years. Is these little things like this 
culminating into a major problem because there are just so many of these little manipulations that are going on in baseball in general. So, but anyways, before we get into further, you know, Vlad watch stuff, because he's coming up on our countdown next week. So we got to talk about all this all over again (laughs) next week. Of course. (laughs) Just so you know, everybody, we're only doing 10 through six tonight. So I'm sorry. We're not going to quite get to Vlad. All right. (laughs) (laughs) April for next week. Exactly. So as far as everything goes, the game today was rained out. Matt Shoemaker was supposed to make his his, uh, debut in the Blue Jay uniform. I was excited to see him today, guys. And unfortunately, i got to wait one more day and talk about it. What do you guys think of Matt Shoemaker so far? I've been hearing nothing but good things around camp. I'm very excited for Matt Shoemaker. When they picked him up, I thought that was a very, very smart acquisition, especially because he's under team control for next year as well. And, I mean, he's not that far, and he was a three-and-a-half win pitcher. Back in 2016, uh, in 160 innings, um, he had a 388 ERA and an even lower FIP. So he's better than his ERA indicated back in 2016. So he almost won Rookie of the Year, too, in 2014. There's talent there. He just has run into a string of injury problems last few years. But when Shoemaker returned at the tail end of the 2018 season, he started to put it all together again with each passing start got stronger his strikeout totals got back up there he does walk guys quite often but he also keeps the ball in the ballpark so he's going to be good and, and i do love his splitter and uh as, as marcus stroman tweeted at him when the blue jays acquired matt shoemaker he really wants to learn that splitter so uh he's going to be he could be if stroman and sanchez both don't stay healthy shoemaker could end up being the best starting pitcher on the staff at year's end which is crazy to say it's possible but, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, go out there tomorrow. Would it surprise either of you if I said that Matt Shoemaker will be the number two starter starting the season? No. Wouldn't yeah. shock. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I think when healthy and when right, um, the stuff is there. And I think it was a very smart acquisition for the Blue Jays for sure. And yet, well, that'll be a nice little segue. So thank you, Adam. We have not constant fun about the Stroh show <laughs> as far as the quote-unquote lack of veteran leadership and how he's ready to take over the reins. And yet, what does he do in his first spring training outing? What, four pitches into the at-bat? Gives up a meatball to Troy Tulowinski of all people. <laughs> so, poetic, so, isn't it? Yeah, go ahead, Brennan. I, I just said poetic, isn't it? Yeah. Now... I, I think it's been funny because there's been plenty of fun on Twitter about this whole thing between Tulinski and uh, him, quote-unquote, you know, getting revenge on the Blue Jays with a spring training home run. And the fun that did – there's a, the, you know, press box conspiracy theory <laughs> of uh, did, did Stroman do this just to serve him up a meatball and say, you know, goodbye <laughs> in the right way because they're uh, very good friends. Got... Look – it's spring training. Like, what is like? I get it. Like, there's not going to be much excitement in the near term with the Blue Jays this year. But it's spring training, and it's Troy Tulowitzki. He's gonna get hurt game ten of the season. Like, what's the big deal? Like, it's it's whatever. I I think the if Marcus Stroman didn't say anything, you know, to rile up fans or maybe not like sort of have this division between Blue Jays fans when it comes to um, backing up ownership or backing up the front office, rather, or backing up Mark Stroman. I don't think this would be a big deal. Does anybody else think that? Definitely gets blown no, out of proportion. I, 
Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely does. There's enough veterans on this team anyways as it is. So, yeah, I, I yeah, it's totally blown out of proportion. Yeah. I think that if Strowman was trying to get to in that is there's not enough solid veterans on this team. Well, what's a solid veteran? Like, that's, that's my point. Like, look, every team goes through rebuilding years. Every team can't, can't be good forever. That's just not possible. So you're going to have down years. I get that he's competitive, and I love that about him. I want my, the players on my favorite team to be competitive. I want them to want to win. But at the same time, look, if you think there's a lack of veteran leadership, be that leadership. Be that veteran leadership that you can provide an example for young players and you can be the guy that they look up to. You know, don't question that. Just be that. And I don't think taking pot shots at the organization is really proving to be veteran quality. You know, I, I, I just have a huge issue with it. Like, this has almost become episodic. This happened last year with his arbitration hearing. Like, there, it, it, you can't go through a spring training now without Marcus Stroman saying something bad about the organization and make divisive comments. So for me, it's just like, just stop, man. Just stop. Like, it, if you want to do that, do it behind closed doors. Don't go to the media, man. Go to them and tell them your displeasure. Vocalize that. That's fine. But you don't do that out loud. You don't air your dirty laundry out loud to the media. You know what, Adam? We said last week when we were talking about Marcus Stroman with uh, with Callum Houston, our guest on here, we were saying that we brought up Aaron Nola and his contract extension because we were getting into the extension talks and Stroman's comments regarding that. Did yeah. anybody actually think that if the Blue Jays offered him exactly what the Philly extended Aaron Nola for, that Marcus Stroman would accept that? He'd probably no. think it's insulting. I'm going to say that again. And he probably would go off and complain and throw shade at the organization on Twitter. I like Marcus Stroman, but his act has grown thin on me. And at the fact that I don't even like it anymore, he's playing his way out of here. He knows he's going to be dealt. So just, he's, he, I, don't, I don't know. He's not going to be here much longer because they want to create a good environment for the kids coming up. And that's another reason. Somebody brought it up today uh, on radio. The Blue Jays front office wants to create a very good culture environment. Shapiro believes that. And Ross Atkins believes that. And if they kept Troy Tulowitzki, he would have been pouting if he didn't play as often as he did or wanted to play at shortstop. So Stroman pouting now, is he, he's not going to be here much longer. So he's either going to shut up and start pitching to earn that extension or he, he, he'll be shipped off. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think Craig, you can uh, see the similarities between this. This is like this culture uh, check in the locker room is is much like what Buffalo Bills are doing. I don't want to get too deep yeah. into football, but you know, having yeah. that that culture sort of reset in your locker room. Like the Blue Jays front office are looking for quality guys on and off the field, right? And I, look, I get it. I, I, he he's he's a fun player. He, like I love the show of emotion on the mound. It's it's great. It's cool to see. But you, you just don't do that, man. That's not a, a, what leaders do. Right, and I get that you want to overvalue your, yourself in some way. Like it, it would be weird to me if Marcus Stroman was like, "Hey, I'm only worth like a million bucks a year." I'd be like, "Well, where's that confidence, man? Like, I want you to be confident. I want you to think you deserve three hundred million dollars. You should feel like you deserve that, and you should play like you feel like you deserve that. Do you deserve that? Absolutely not. But you should believe that you do. Right? Every player should believe that. But look, man, like this is the system. This is what we're in, right? This you're not going to, like I said, you're not going to compete every year. Your team's not going to be great every year, and it's up to you as like now a veteran on this team 
to to be that presence, be that leadership, be that mantle, right? So other players can look up to you. And I don't know. It's just disappointing. Like, I think he's wrote himself out, which is, look, when you say no one embodies the city of Toronto like I do, okay, well, guess what? If that's the case and you really believe that, you're not doing a good job staying there. Because if, if you embody the city of Toronto with that attitude, man, I think that's an insult to Toronto. I so, completely agree. Yeah, he also said he also said last week too that it's not normal for athletes to come in here and embrace Toronto the way he has. That's throwing shade at the city too. That's like, terrible. If you're gonna like it, like it naturally. Like nobody's forcing you to love it here, and you clearly say you do. But I don't know. That comment really, really kind of struck a nerve with me. He's like nobody yeah. embodies it the way I do. What does that even mean? Has anybody heard of Demar Derozan? Like, right? come on, man. Like, he didn't want to leave the city. Like, I know we're not talking basketball, but he loved this city. Right? So, like, you are not top dog in Toronto, bro. You're just not. And I'm sorry, like, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the face of the organization. And like we dis- we discussed, he's not even on the team. Yet. <laughs> yeah, he's not even on the team. And it's not you, Strowman. I'm sorry. It's not you. It's okay to not be the guy, but that does not mean you don't have to be the veteran. Right? Like, when... When Josh Donaldson had his MVP season, he was the face of the of the franchise. But let's not get it twisted here. Tulowitzki, Russell Martin, Jose Bautista, those were the guys. Those were the leaders in the locker room. They were the ones that were like sort of that presence in the locker room. Not Donaldson. I'm sure Donaldson had his weight to throw around a little bit. But those were the guys that people were sort of gravitating towards. So if there's a lack of that in the locker room right now, it is your responsibility to be that guy. So, fellas, let me wrap this one around you for seeing where this conversation is going about leadership and whatnot. Let's jump back in the time machine to 2014 season ending, right? <laughs> Who do we have on that roster that automatically is just disposed of? Colby Rasmus, Brett Lowry, and company, right? Adam Lind, the quote-unquote people that didn't have the proper work ethic mm-hmm. to run into this team that they just didn't think for whatever the reason was those roadblocks that were the core of the team at that point, we're not going to get them to the promised land, right? What do they do? They go out and get Josh Donaldson. They go out and do this. They go out and do that. And that whole team is now Russell Martin, Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, and company, right? What happens? That whole culture shift was adapted to the point where everybody was going to be held accountable for how well they played or what they didn't do on the field. And there was that leadership presence, right? Now what's going on? Flash and normal back to present time, right? Okay, we've gotten rid of the guys that were probably approaching the you know tenure part of their career, right? And we're back at this point now that we're getting the reset button. We're hoping that the young guys in this midst of this, that's one of the reasons that freaking Ross Atkins keeps toting about Vlad Jr. They have him learning English for Christ's sake. They want him to be that guy in that locker room, hands down. And they're building that culture of guys like Billy McKinney and company and whatnot around him that are also guys that are just going to go out and play the game. Do you guys agree with me? Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. I, I can see that, you know, having a, a crop of young men sort of like establishing not just like individual uh, mentalities with the team, but like a, a team aspect. Like the, all these kids are growing together. They're thriving in the system together. And when I say the system, it's not just like bat and ball system. It's like the locker room presence. It's how you perform and conduct yourself on and off the field. And when you grow in in uh, sort of 
naturalize that within yourselves as a team, uh, that creates a, a overwhelming sense of unity that I think will be very valuable for the squad moving forward. Yeah, Brendan, was it last week we were actually talking about that the 2017 Dunedin Blue Jays were champions, the 2018 New Hampshire Fisher Cats champions? Yep. Does yeah. that mean the 2019 Buffalo Bisons are on deck and I then the 2020 so. Blue Jays, <laughs> if you want to expand yeah. further? Hey, there we go. Just keep on rising up that talent through the organization. They're learning how to win and lose together, and they're all playing cohesively as a team, as it's shown the last few years in the minor leagues. There's not going to be any more individuals and individual performances and people caring about their own stats. They're all about uh, winning together, losing together. So let's uh, let's hope that continues, especially so that the city of Buffalo can have a good sports team to finally <laughs> to finally <laughs> for it, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Bills are so... No, they're not. Never mind. And my Sabres are walking out on the outside looking in again, it looks like this year, too. They're slowly sinking into the abyss. <laughs> That's they're right. getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> closer. <laughs> Keyword. So, but, but like I said, gentlemen, maybe as far as I'm, what I'm trying to call out here with these couple points... As far as the Stroman conversation goes, he doesn't. He, I don't need him to be a leader. And as far as everything goes, if he's going to keep acting like he is, it's just maybe this is the end of the relationship. We. It's been said a lot that you know the remaining of this core probably won't be around as far as things go. Even Kevin Pillar has got to be wondering what am I doing here at this point, okay. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> um. Look, it, it, when it comes to Stroman, it, it's. You just sort of have to see where you lie. Like it's 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 not perfect. It's not what I would like. Uh, one of my uh, one of the players that have been described as a future ace once upon a time. It's not how I would like him to behave. And um, when it comes to Ross Atkins' comments regarding Marcus Stroman, uh, you know he says things like, oh, "I'm really excited to be for him to be on this team. I can see nothing but great things moving forward." Uh, let's not forget when Roberto Osuna when that happened. Quote. Roberto Osuna is our is our closer, right? And what happened as soon as he was eligible to return, traded. Okay, yeah. so I I see this sort of if you squint hard enough, it's the same thing. Like he, he's saying, oh, I I really excited, traded. Like <laughs> that to me is just what's going to end up happening. The writing's on the wall, man. He's as good as gone. And uh, look. Padres have a lot of young people that I would love to see come up through this blue chase system. I would, Let's Padre, reignite those perfect. conversations. Yeah. I completely agree. I The only thing I'm hoping from Marcus Stroman in 2019 is that he goes out and absolutely dominates in the first half of the season. Maybe he's an all-star, and then shortly after the all-star break, he's shipped out. And either to the Padres, as you said, Adam, because their farm system does match up quite nicely with what the Blue Jays need in their farm system. But would it surprise you if Anthopolis and the Atlanta Braves came in and made an offer with their staff farm system as well. They're just trying to get the 2015 Jays back together with Josh Donaldson and Marcus Stroman and a few others. So do it. Um, yeah, if Stroman comes out and it's a hot pitch, it pitches really well, gets off to a good start. Maybe he's an all-star. He will be. He will have a king's ransom uh, attached to him, and they will be able to get that. And the same goes for guys like. Ken Giles, even though that has always been a topic of conversation between Craig and I, whether you decide to extend Ken Giles uh, or flip him at the deadline. But any veteran that gets off to a good start, that should make Jays fans happy because they know you're just going to add to the talent pool that will be here years down the road when that extra year of service time for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kicks in. Oh, yeah. Man. Like, you got Giles, you have Smoke, you have uh, – who else do you have on this um... – uh, Morales, 
Like, go, all gone. Just go. Trade them. <laughs> yeah. Trade them all. Even Let them go. Well, it would solve like, a lot of problems with our roster as the way as it's constructed at this point, too. But they're talking about putting Billy McKinney at first base the other day. You know, it's yeah. I I like the idea, and I I got to go. I I, I like the way at least getting a left-handed bat in it. But Roddy Telez is also a left-handed bat. But I think he's just they know he's going to start in Buffalo this year, regardless of what's going on. And he's going to be one of those guys that's first off the bus if Morales or Smokey get hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's pretty much Morales reincarnate, like tell just like body. He he just like looks like a a, a Morales is like son. Yeah, he's quick at first base, though. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the best first baseman on the planet, but he can definitely hold his own over there. So He's, he's agile, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So as far as things go, gentlemen, um, another guy that has been actually had at least one good game so far in the whole you know, three and the only offensive outburst for the Blue Jays so far this spring, Dalton Pompey found himself a way to hit a home run the other night, and it was a – or other day, I mean, and it was a pretty good stroke. Did you guys see the video – Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, so good to see him get off to a good start. And somebody tried arguing that Dalton Pompey getting off to a strong start doesn't mean anything because it's spring training. Uh, he's kind of playing for a spot on this roster and his last shot at being a major leaguer with the Blue Jays. So it means a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to see an outfield with Pompey, Pilar, and Randall Grichik. <laughs> that defense, mm-hmm. good luck getting by all that speed in the outfield is all I'm thinking. Yeah, speed-wise, that's incredible. Um, look, I love the swing. It was nice and smooth, and that, for him as an individual, like his ups and downs, the concussions issues that he's been experiencing, like that's got to be a boost of confidence for him. And that that's great. I, I He's been someone that's been talked about within the system for a long time. But I'm, I'm not of the camp that it's spring training, it doesn't matter. But I am of the camp of I need to see a little bit more. I need to see this on a, a more consistent basis in just one game to really believe that, okay, let, let's give him an opportunity. Or am I alone on that? Definitely put up or show. No, I don't time. think so. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got he's to win a spot because there's so many other guys who could come and take it from him. So uh, it's, he got off to a good start. It's nice to see. But as long as he doesn't uh, flop the rest of spring training, I, uh, I bet he does crack the uh, Major League roster. Uh, at the end of spring training. That's why they're talking about putting Billy McKinney over there. And now that they're talking about McKinney, the thought just occurred to me, I'm kind of surprised, but maybe it kind of tells you something, uh, that they haven't considered Teoscar Hernandez over there. Maybe right. they actually believe there is a little bit of something with Teoscar and his defense. I actually don't think it'll be as much of a train wreck as it was last year for Teoscar, but the fact that they're already considering moving or just keeping Billy McKinney open for first base... Uh, signals that they are trying to create room for Pompey or somebody else to come in and steal a job to begin the year. Maybe Anthony Alford? That'd be nice. Depth mm. and depth and depth, fellas. And just yeah. to give you the wonderful thing, in all the interviews with Charlie Montoyo and uh, whatnot, he's been toying around with who's going to be the leadoff hitter of this team, right? Is it Devin Travis? Is it somebody like Dalton Pompey? Who is going to take the brunt of the you know assault <laughs> to start the games here? Honestly, uh, I didn't before this. I figured it was Loris Gurriel Jr., but it seems like he's very happy toying around with the lineup in these first few games so far. I think it's going to be at least for the next couple, if not like stretch of spring training games. Um, I get the suspicion that they're shopping Travis just because of the infield depth that they have. 
And so having too. him in the the leadoff spot is makes him a little bit more attractive than just a a, a second uh, yeah second baseman, just an infielder. So if they can have him sort of catch fire in spring training, uh, I really wouldn't be surprised. I know we're talking about like Stroman being uh, someone that you hold on to and wait until the deadline. Wouldn't surprise me if Devin Travis is shop soon. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially the fact that there was a lot of conversation this offseason that he was a potential non-tender candidate. So right. get Devin Travis as many at-bats as you can in the spring, and if he starts hot, then there will be a team that comes calling, especially because there's always a major injury or two around the big leagues after spring training is all said and done. So, uh, Craig, in terms of who you think the leadoff guy is going to be and who Montoyo probably will end up putting there, it would not surprise me if it ends up being Billy McKinney. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited. Maybe it's just me. McKinney, I'm wasted on the idea of he's like the only lefty <laughs> in our lineup that's throwing him yeah. out there as the first guy. Yeah. It seems a little off to me. You know, I'm uh, all all happy that we had a couple switch hitters in Morales and Smoke, and you can kind of dance them around Teoscar or whoever in the middle of the lineup, right? But oh, just I love the idea of having a lefty to lead off the game, but the fact that we don't have that consistently through our lineup being so right-handed heavy. A little rough for me to swallow, but I do agree that McKinney is a solid guy that you would have at the top of the lineup, typically. But I would love to see Dalton Pompey steal that job. <laughs> I mean, just just for the uh, because we're familiar with the story and like we've literally watched him get bounced around up and down uh, in the system. And let's not forget, in 2015, like he had a couple good steals, right? There, there's pictures he of him, steals. like sort of. Yeah, like yeah. his fist he like was standing eight. ninety stinking feet away. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Let's not go down that lane again, please. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> so like just sentimentally, like I would like to see him uh, you know, overcome this and, and be something. Um but yeah, I think McKinney, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If he didn't if he didn't get a concussion in the World Baseball Classic in twenty seventeen, he definitely would have broken camp with the Jays in twenty seventeen. So maybe yeah. now that he's finally healthy and and, uh, and all good to go, he uh, finally can put it all together and be comfortable at the big league level. Yeah. The thing that always killed me about Don Pompey is when he is actually healthy, he's pretty much lights out, and you can clearly tell when he's not right. You know, his, those those numbers are just buried in all sorts of streaks. If you really look through the, you know, the splits from month to month and whatnot on Baseball Reference, it's kind of crazy. You see him like all of a sudden it's, things are going good, then oh my god, some kind of weird thing happened. Whether it's an injury, whatever it might be, and it's just continuing. I hope he's finally gotten past all that because, like I said before, guys, if he doesn't catch on with the Blue Jays, it wouldn't shock me that he is automatically penciled into the Tampa Bay Rays lineup every day. Not we're going to see him every stinking day. <laughs> or somebody. And you know. rake exclusively against the Blue Jays, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's how many guys over in that lineup in their years in the Rays have just found ways that they don't play good against anybody else, but they find a way to crush our good pitching for the last few years. <laughs> yep. You know who's the- you know who that's going to be this year, and I said it when they traded for him, is Tommy Pham. And he already, in a few series against the Jays when he got there last year, was a thorn in their foot. So, yeah, the Rays always have that one guy. And if it is Dalton Pompey, that would suck a lot. <laughs> it's yep. going to hurt home a little bit too much. <laughs> Remember it was rumored that uh, Bautista was going to sign there and Blue Jays fans were just like, oh, of course. Yeah, that would make yeah. too much poetic sense. <laughs> yeah, And he, he would have homered quite a few times 
Uh, every uh, time. Whenever you got in there. Yeah, <laughs> every game. <laughs> yes. So 19 what? home runs in the year, all 19 games against the Jays. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure that don't earn a nice hefty paycheck every year if you're hitting 19 home runs, even if it's only against one team. Mm. <laughs> wins are wins, gentlemen. It doesn't matter what time it is, right? That's true. So, fellas, any other spring training notes either of you would like to touch on before we dive into our uh, next prospects on our countdown? Uh, just a short little complaint. What's with the lack of spring training coverage? Like in, yeah, in terms I of agree. like televised games, like this is this is a travesty. I forget who you know was what? writing like, about can... that the other day, but they they were couldn't believe it because last year it was like every home every game, right? Dude, yeah, darts? like especially on especially on weekends. I don't know if it's because of hockey and, and the Leafs being good and other Canadian teams and and uh, obviously the Raptors being good too. But like I remember a few weeks ago looking through the schedule and I saw Sportsnet on there and then they just randomly cut it back. So I was thinking when I got home from Buffalo on Saturday that I'd be able to put on a game, i go and look at the guidance, not on. It sucks. Weekend games should be televised. Yeah, I had my beer and everything out and ready. I wanted to go click on the TV and nothing. Zippo, yep. nada. I had to wait till Monday when I was at work, unfortunately. I couldn't watch the game through the stupid Yankees feed of all places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah. you didn't want to listen to Michael K? <laughs> I can't stand listening to him. Oh, my God. Listen to him try to pronounce Andrew Giat's name. Hilarious. <laughs> that would be uh, funny. <laughs> Look, it's uh, it, I I obviously stream these games completely legally and without the use of any internet site. So like, I don't know what <laughs> you guys are thinking right now, but it is a travesty that uh, their Sportsnet is broadcasting darts instead of yeah. the Blue Jays. If that is no, no one wants to watch darts. Maybe two people want to watch darts. That's not <laughs> drunk enough for this. Yeah, like, I'm come not, on. I'm not, unless you're laughing at the guys who go throw darts at the board, like, I don't know what the hell anybody would want to watch that for. But, like, I'm, I'm going through right now. I mean, I think Saturday's game is televised against the Rays because it says TV Sportsnet, but it also said the same thing for the Tigers game last Saturday. And yeah, it wasn't no. televised. No, and no, the, Yankee the only game, reason I think they got away with that, Brent, is they still did Sportsnet, did the radio feed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like right now, I'm looking at the schedule, and every single weekend game, it's saying TV Sportsnet, but they're not going to be on. I'm pretty sure I read the other day that the only ones that they're legitimately going to do are the ones against the Brewers when it's at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. I hope yes. I'm wrong. I hope that some of those games will actually be on that currently say they will be, but it really doesn't look like it. It's a wild card. I think I think they're only doing ten games in spring training before the Montreal season uh, series. Rather, I think they're only doing ten. Okay, well then, then maybe that helps line up with uh, what it's showing right here with the Rays on Saturday and the Yankees on Sunday. They're both at home too, so that would that would help and make some sense. Yeah, when mm-hmm. I looked at the televised schedule at one point, it looked like it was pretty much weekend games, exclusively weekend games for spring training, and then the Montreal series. So maybe that's it's a travesty, fun, but I don't understand it. Yeah. Maybe they didn't get enough people tuning in last year, which is, you know, shocking with how bad we were. Yeah, but Craig, darts. <laughs> darts. Like, <laughs> you don't own the team. You don't own the guy yeah. shooting the darts. Like. Oh, God. And, and I'm sorry, Craig, on Sportsnet last week when I got home and put it on, they had the Sabres game on. Like, I mean, we're, I guess, close enough to Sabres region in Toronto, but at the same time, we have our own hockey team here. Yeah. So put on the damn well, that, And they game. probably like, paid out the butt for that, too, because that's on the Madison Square Garden network here in the States. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we get the regular Sabres feed. We get to listen to your commentators. Yeah, get the jet. <laughs> so as far as all the fun goes, guys, uh, at least this weekend we finally get to watch some Blue Jays baseball when we're not you know stuck at work. 
but is what it is. But um, have you guys listened to who's been on the radio feeds? They've had like so far um, all of they're working on like more or less the minor league announcers bringing them up and having them like a call a major league game, quote unquote, for a day. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Who? I know they're gonna have Jesse Goldberg Strasler. Uh, on there, I follow him on Twitter, so I know he's going to be up there. You know what? They did the same thing two years ago with Ben Wagner, at least, and then last year it was pretty much Wagner exclusively, and that was kind of the test run for Wagner to officially be announced as the full-time radio guy for Sportsnet. So I love it. I love the fact that you get to hear other guys throughout the entire system that cover these guys on a daily basis, and it makes sense given everybody who's going to be playing a lot in the in the spring training. Yeah, they That's had a- um, Jimmy Terbrecchia on from the Deneen Blue Jays, I think, over the weekend. I want—I don't remember what game that um, Goldberg Strassler said he was going to be at, but I wanted to say it was this weekend, and then I know they had Pat Malacaro of the Buffalo Bisons at some right. point as well coming, so... I feel like our friend Zach is the only one that's not getting an invite. I'm going to have to, you know, bust his balls a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because he's calling basketball games, right? Yeah, he does a lot of, um, you know, local sports stuff for the, you know, news station he works for. Right. So either way, he's doing sports stuff and looking forward to another season of Bluefield Blue Jays baseball this summer. But it's cool stuff. I thought it was really nifty that they're doing that, regardless of, you know, what level it is. They get everybody to play and have fun with, you know, Wilner and Wagner on the radio, and it's just it's something different. So it's a new voice. Even when they had, like you were saying, Ben Wagner auditioning, I think they had Scott Richmond was on with a yeah. lot of those as well. Former and, Blue Jay, should have been for a million and, years. And Chris <laughs> LaRue was on there as well, so yep. Canadian as well. So it's good that they're having some fun with it, at least on the radio feed. So at least it's keeping it interesting for everybody in lieu of, you know, the good baseball and we're getting to see darts. <laughs> darts, man. Darts. Come on. I mean, it is pretty funny listening to the guy standing right beside the dartboard and screaming out the 180. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I don't want to watch that over baseball. Oh, my God. But he what if the guy was like a guy who was like a soccer announcer, and it's a 100? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Back to faster. Back to the wing. Back to the... <laughs> what if good, fun shenanigans, but it's not like that, and there's no way it's even going to be ever in a, close to exciting as baseball. So... Even meaningless baseball. Uh, I'd rather watch that ahead of darts, period. Brennan, you got anything else? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of the hot-button topics. I think uh, the one thing to kind of cover off the whole um, Vlad Jr. and all those comments is uh, Jeff Blair saying, thank God for legalized pot in Canada. It's going to be unabashed. (laughs) <laughs> a ton of jackassery on base Twitter this season. So, sorry guys, maybe uh, I'll have to find a way to get you some legalized weed from Canada. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess Damn mail states. it. I guess yeah, mail it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Hope the dogs don't get at the border. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, Craig, you're Craig, you're close enough to make a run from time to time. <laughs> don't get me in trouble, man. They could be listening. <laughs> uh. If they are, at least we got more beer drinking money, right? That's right. <laughs> That's true. So, fellas, we have had 20 guys on our prospects countdown so far, going through all various ranges and whatnot. And we even talked some, you know, just missed guys. Tonight, we're going to kick things off with number 10 as we break into the top parts of this countdown. Jordan Groshans, 
shortstop slash second baseman, third baseman, kind of the uh, catch at this point. Um, got third most base, of his games yeah. at third base this last season, right? Yeah. Yeah, he looks strong. And he absolutely raked when he got into the Blue Jays system to begin last year. So it's no surprise to see him already in the top 10 of, uh, of MLB pipelines, uh, top 30 prospects for the organization. And, you know, he's got a little bit of speed, too. So it looks like he can do everything at the hot corner. What's great about this is that he's still so young, right? And he's got, if he's performing at this level this young, think about when he's fully polished and he breaks through the system and he's actually, hopefully, knock on desk here, wearing a Blue Jays jersey. Ooh, man. Oh, man. Ceiling is very high. Very, very high ceiling indeed for the previous um, amateur draft. 12th overall pick, gentlemen. And it's just good stuff, period. He's got all the hits. I literally am just only upset because I literally missed him by one day during my trip to Bluefield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was in, in Bluefield, helped call the game a little bit, and then in the midst of all, all of the fun of seeing Smokey the Bear and hanging out with Zach Helton in the booth and <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot, I'm literally driving back, and I hear that J- Jordan Groshen has got promoted to the Appy League, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. At least I felt a little bit better by it because he went like 0 for 8 or something like that in his first two games. <laughs> but he's just so young. You know, even playing at the Appy League there in Bluefield, he's more than two years younger than most of the guys that are playing that league. So I'm not terribly looking at the fact that he didn't do anything in that league and looking more at the fact that he's still about the same age differential in the Golf Close League that he petted 331, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, it's the only thing that... Look, I don't want to rain on the parade here, but the only thing that... um, He's got to play a different position. Like, if if Vladimir Guerrero is the the future and, like, Bo Bichette's covering shortstop, uh, maybe transition him to second base. Like, there's a little bit more open space there. Um... I, I just I I want to see him with this squad, and whether that means converting him to an outfielder or something, he it would be great if he can uh, solidify himself. Because if we're thinking Vlad and Bo are going to be on this team for the next seven eight years, uh, I I don't know where you would put Jordan at this point or at that point. Yeah, he, he's a big kid. I mean, he's not like as big as Vlad Jr., but he's still like six three, hundred and eighty, and probably grow into his frame a little bit more. So. So maybe looks, uh, first base. Yeah, it, that's possible too. I was gonna say he could either play at first or somewhere in the outfield. Maybe prototypes a little bit more as an outfielder, especially because he can run a bit too. So I would not be surprised with like a lot of the infielders that are clogging up the system currently, which is not a bad thing. That they are considering exploring outfield options because man, the outfield the outfield prospects that we have in the system outside of hopefully Anthony Alford getting back on track. Um, and a few others down there is awfully thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as far as things go, guys, this is, what, number, like, 15 out of our 30 so far <laughs> that are middle yeah. infielders, something like that. I'm just playing, but it's not too far off from that number. But he strikes me as one of those guys that's just so athletic that his bat's going to carry him wherever he ends up playing, at least from the video I've seen on him. And I think it's going to be a safe bet that he's athletic enough to be that good to yeah. play somewhere at some point. The nice thing is 
he isn't going to burst onto the scene like Vlad Jr., so he's probably a couple years down the line. You're going to see him probably start off in Lansing, Dunedin this year, maybe, and let him run with it and see where it goes. But with all those other guys in front of him, the Kevin Smiths and whatnot of the world, he's probably not going to rise too quick unless you guys, you know, aforementioned position changes pending. Right, right. Yeah, that that I project him maybe, maybe if things break right, uh, like a 2022 appearance, um, assuming there's a spot for him. But, you know, if he's on this team in 2022 and his uh, trajectory is what we think it is, this team is going to be so good. It's going to be so, so good. Yeah, we're talking about guys in our top 10 countdown here that are just drafted. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're yeah. that good. And not That's to mention, it's to and it's not due to lack of depth underneath them. We've been talking about this for the last four weeks now. And it is a very, very crowded top 30. And this list could have came out nine billion different ways other than the top two, more than likely. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was actually a little shocked on how our list came up, but that's next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak something weird in. Come on, people. <laughs> so I'm going to let Aunt, um, let Mr. Corsair take over on this next one because I know he's got a slight man crush on Anthony Alford. Look, <laughs> I would love to see him part of this team. But I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't know if it's the frame. I don't, I, the athleticism is just off the charts with him. But it's just something is preventing him from just like cracking through. And it, if he can find, I, I don't want to say lightning in a bottle because he's like I said, the athleticism there and the talent is there. But it's just not completely clicking as quick as I would expect a guy like that to to click. Um, even though he's high on our prospect list here, um, I would just love to see him get some some more reps with this team. And I, right now, with the the logjam that we've mentioned in the outfield right now, I just don't see it happening this year. And it's a shame because I think that he's capable of it, and it, I think major league reps would benefit him highly. But uh, I just I want to see him as a mainstay on this team. Yeah. So friends, just so you're right aware, yeah, I don't know. I just retweeted on the Jaybird watching. Uh, Twitter account. Our friend Jason Woodell has fresh footage on Anthony Alford from the game the other day. This swing is going to carry, and it's going to carry, I think, in the very near future. So, But I'll let you talk about that and what you guys look at it. But, Brendan, you were about to say something. Here's my hope with Anthony Alford. It sucks because it feels like his career has kind of been derailed, especially when he broke the hamate bone, mm. uh, when he finally got up to the bigs in 2017. Uh, and he was dealing with some injuries last year. But one of my good buddies has compared him to, and I stick by this too because I can easily see it, that he could end up being a late bloomer, much like Lorenzo Cain. I brought it up a few times before. Lorenzo Cain was drafted back in 2004 and got into the Brewer system in 2006, and he didn't become the player everybody thought Lorenzo Cain would be until 2014 when he was worth four and a half wins. And then he was an MVP candidate in 2015 when the Royals won it off. So I'm hoping that even if it looks bleak for Anthony Offord right now, that they don't give up on him, just like the Royals didn't give up on Lorenzo Cain when he was down in their system. I know he's a part of a trade with the Brewers for Zach Granke, but still, they look so similar at the plate, 
and their build is very similar as well. Alford is six one two fifteen, Lorenzo Kane six two two oh five. So that is the kind of player comp I'm gonna stick by. And even if Alford doesn't break through this year, and maybe even not the year after, stick by him because Adam and Craig, as you've both said many times, I completely agree. So athletic, so talented, and he will be an impact player with the Blue Jays at some point. I just don't want them to give up on him because it would not surprise me if they were to give up on him, he would go to a different organization and bloom much like Lorenzo Cain did later in his career. Yeah, and the Brewers would be feel it just as much as us Blue Jays fans would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd have to pay out I mean, the money to get him back, back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah... Maybe I'm just seeing some really cool stuff in this swing. Uh, it, like I, I don't know if you guys looked at this video I just posted a minute ago. He finishes uh, really check it out, yeah. high, just like uh, Fred McGriff. But obviously, Freddie being a lefty, I still love how his swing is translating to the right side, and it just it's smooth, it's crisp, and he hit a hard. Uh, I think it was a hard single to right on this hit, hit here, but it, it's going to click. I just. It's one of those things. It's just bad voodoo math or something weird is happening. <laughs> the world's against them kind of thing. But this is a class act guy. Someone of those guys that is exactly who we were talking about earlier in the show on how he could carry himself in our locker room along mm. with all these other intangibles and tangible parts of his swing and everything too. So very interesting. Yeah, I hope they lend the same amount of rope to him as they've lent to uh, Pompey, as mentioned. I because I think his ceiling is a little higher than Pompey's. And if it clicks, I'm looking at this video right now that you posted, or retweeted, rather, Craig. Um, the recoil is just gorgeous, right? And it, yeah. it's, it, you're right, it is so smooth. And if this in, can be something that he can consistently do, um, that'd be beautiful for the Blue Jays. Um, I don't see it this year, um, which is fine. That's fine. Like let him let him get more reps in AAA. That's fine. Um, but you know, if he can sort of break through and have a, a decent showing this year, uh, 2020 might be a year for Anthony Alfred, and I, I think that would do him quite well. Yeah, and he would that only would be, be 25 off. to start that season, guys. Right. So yeah, still young. Yeah. As far as everything goes, this is just—it's still. It, I know it feels like we've been talking about Anthony Alfred for years, but. He is that good. That's why he is still in this top ten, regardless of all these derails that we were talking about and injuries and the helmet bone and all that kind of good stuff. The mm. tools are there, and it will click. It's just a matter of time, and I think it's coming sooner rather than later. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he's the guy that everybody is talking about in Buffalo this season. Right. Yeah, you know what? I really, really hope that Kevin Pillar gets off to a decent start, like he usually does in April, but actually kind of semi-keeps it going so that he can finally be shipped off to clear a path for Anthony Alford to get full-time big league reps, because it still feels to me that despite him not having many big league reps, that it's time for Anthony Alford to be getting everyday major league at-bats. Maybe not, maybe some people would disagree with that take, but I think it's almost at that time where they need to see what they have in him, because he is so crucial to the state of the organization's outfield prospects because there's not a whole lot behind Anthony Alford. Yeah, this is a guy that's only a year removed from having a 300 batting average across three different levels. <laughs> Last crazy. season, having some injuries and whatnot, slowing, more or less, he didn't have his bottom half with him the whole season last year. So it's hard to get 
you know, going, even though he played in 112 games, to play his style of game not having a bottom half to, you know, provide the power, the you know, speed, and all that kind of good stuff. It just doesn't translate well. And you could see that it was doing everything perfectly fine the season before. So it's not far off like we're talking. So moving right along then, we're at eight guys. And this guy actually we got to see in Toronto last year. Uh, Brendan, I believe you actually might have been at a game where Sean Reed fully pitched. Am I correct? I don't. No, I wasn't. Okay. I, I thought I, I did have been, but no. Yeah, oh, I just remember watching his start against the Marlins when he struck out 10 over those seven innings, which was by far his best start uh, when he was a Blue Jay. I'm ex- I don't know about you guys, but I, I actually think if Sean Reed Foley can put it all together, he's going to be quite lights out. Remember another kid coming through the system who had a whole bunch of control issues uh, just a few years ago when he was first coming up, like Aaron Sanchez? And when he finally put it all together in that one amazing year in 2016 as a starter, I think Sean Reed Foley could get close to something like that because his stuff is incredible. It's just a matter of harnessing that control and being able to get something across the plate. Yeah. So, But in the fact, when he has put everything together, and he's had some ups and downs, and it's mostly, like you were saying, Brennan, based around his control of the zone, period. It's I saw him pitch a game in New Hampshire the game after you and I got to drink beers and goof around Brendan or Adam there. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, in the midst of that, he struck out 10 guys, 10 Pawtucket Red Sox the game after that. So it was very intriguing. That, that stuff is all there. It's just, it's gotta click perfectly for Sean Reed Foley to have those games where he's just completely dominant and consistent. But, you know, in 2018, he had a three two three point two six ERA over 130 innings. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. His WHIP was incredibly low at nearly one. <laughs> so this is a guy that can put it together, Adam. Um. All right. First of all, anybody that can rock a mustache, uh, well, is cool in my book. <laughs> so, um, look, I I think he's the de facto six starter for this team if, if someone goes down <clears throat> Aaron Sanchez with the blister injury um, if someone goes <laughs> down uh, Sean Reed Foley is going to get the call I don't think he's going to uh, overtake that fifth starter job um, whether or not you guys think he deserves it is a different story but I, I just think that the stuff is there right it, it's it, it, he's got a fastball that's touching like high 90s like mid to high 90s um, yeah. I think I, I think he's got the stuff but like so it's frustrating because the Jays don't have a lot of pitching prospects, like good pitching prospects in their system, like as much as they do have infield prospects. So like when you see a guy like Sean Reed Foley, you sort of want to see him as soon as possible. But I would like to see him hold his craft as much as possible in AAA um, to really solidify himself a spot in the rotation in 2020. Um, I think he's got a very high ceiling. We've been saying that a lot, but I think his ceiling is incredibly high. And uh, I think a, a one more season, if not like the majority of the season in AAA, would do him very well. Come on, Brendan. I know you're holding it in. <laughs> Tell me why you want him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> the mustache, isn't it? It's always... No, it's not the mustache. It's the fact that I don't want Clayton Richard in the rotation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> every single episode, I think that's been brought up since we've added Clayton Richard. I'm not a fan of him. I repeated this, and people are probably getting tired of me saying that. But um, out of all the guys who are currently kind of hovering around, being able to crack 
the big leagues, Sean Lee Foley is at the uh, top of that pack. So I know he didn't get off to the greatest start to his spring training uh, when he made a start over the weekend. But, I mean, if he can put together a really good spring training and Clayton Richard falls flat on his face, maybe they consider letting Reed Foley open up uh, as the fifth guy. But, again, there are other guys who could take that spot. Maybe it'd be Thomas Pannone or Hector Perez or David Paulino or Jacob Pack. There's a whole bunch of intriguing arms that are coming through spring training, but Sean Reed Foley is the closest to being able to take over for Clayton Richard. Yeah, including a couple guys that are on the 40-man roster that somehow eluded all of our top 30 in Patrick Murphy and Yesni Diaz. Dark horse, right? <laughs> hey. There are going to be at least a couple guys, I think, joining him in Buffalo this season. But maybe I'm off. As far as pitching prospects go, I got one more for you for today's uh, part of this countdown. We're at the Nate Pearson <laughs> level here as far as we hit number seven. This guy has got insane talent, but unfortunately is a little further down the line than some of these other guys that we've talked about on the, on the countdown. Uh, had an injury has to come back, and they had an insanely good uh, showing, I'm going to say, in the Arizona Fall League. Some of the stat lines might not show that completely, but he was going toe-to-toe with some of the best players that are almost three years older than him in the Arizona Fall League. Who wants to take it first? He, I got it. He touched 104, didn't he, in the Arizona Fall League? Oh, my. I think he was even 105. Oh, man. Absolute like, smoke. It, yeah, and that's it. Like, it... If his injury, if he didn't get that forearm injury, I think he we'd see him a little quicker than what is projected right now. Um, I the stuff is just there, and he's got like ace material written all over him, and it, I, I just salivate when I think of the the opportunities that he could have in this rotation, like in the future. I was literally I think, just about to say I can hear you drooling from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, he, he, He's, from what I've read, he put a lot of work in in the off season. So it's not like he's sort of getting lazy with the injury recovery. He's putting in the work. So that's what you want to see in a guy like that, and a guy that has such a high, high ceiling. Again, there's that term again, but he's got such a high ceiling, and, and I just want to see it go right for him because I've mentioned this again. The well is sort of dry when it comes to to pitching prospect in terms of quantity. Um, that we can really, really look forward to, and he's one of them. He's one of the guys that you really want to see him shine. So I, I just, I hope that he works out, man. I hope these injury issues aren't going to be recurring, and that he can really excel in the system because the Jays would be very much benefited with a guy like that. I'm going to take it a step further, Adam, from what you said about uh, his time. More drooling. If he didn't, <laughs> if, if, yeah, more, 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 more drool hitting the computer. Um, that if he didn't get injured last year, we'd be talking about him being up in the big leagues as a September call-up this year. Um, he just got that much incredible stuff. And he's 22 as well. I mean, he's not crazy young. So and he, uh, so I just with his stuff, being able to touch 105 and, and totally overmatching guys, if he didn't get injured last year, he probably would have made it to New Hampshire to contribute to the eventual Eastern League Championship. Mm. And probably would have started this year in New Hampshire. I, I just This is completely my speculation on what would have happened if he didn't get injured. 
and he would have got up to Buffalo. The season in Dunedin yeah, already. yeah, yeah. So he would have got up to AAA uh, early this year. So I didn't. I don't think a September call up if he didn't get injured last year would be so far away from Nate Pearson. Now I think we're looking more so to him being up here potentially as a full time starter uh, midway through 2020. Yeah, for sure. So, and as far as, I, I think you touched on it a little bit there, Brennan, as far as pedigree is already concerned, this guy was already pitching for Central Florida, and that's the reason he got picked 28th overall in 2017. You know, he was already that good in college-level baseball, not, you know, everyday high school baseball, just dominating at a college level. So, it's it, he's going to be one of those guys to watch this season, especially after that just rifling through people there in the Arizona Fall League. <laughs> he only got in 20 innings, guys, and I think he was d- easily double digits in strikeouts. 23! <laughs> I knew he was over Jeez. it. <laughs> the yeah, swing man. and miss potential is insanely off the charts for Nate Pearson. And just like I said, he'll, the ERA might be a little high, but I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at how he was walking people and how he was missing bats. Unfortunately, he did walk 13 people, but this is the first showing he had coming back from that surgery after only pitching one and two-thirds innings for Dineen this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a little bit of that with a grain of salt, but knowing the fact that he got back on the mound quickly from that injury and is working that hard to get that you know big six-foot-six frame <laughs> up there on the mound every day. Yeah, so. it speaks to his dedication. For sure, and that's something that you want to see in your uh, y- your prospects. You want to see them dedicated and hungry to come up and to make a name for themselves. So it's something I can appreciate. Yeah. Anything to add? All right. So last guys, this is, we're about to be in the top five after this one, and I'm actually kind of shocked that this uh, you know young catcher <laughs> slid back down into the lower half of the top 10 here but I think that just goes to show the amount of depth and how some of the fan uh, some of our voting here went Nate or Danny Jansen is uh, falling in at number six guys he's gonna be our everyday catcher this year more than likely go ahead who wants to gush first <laughs> I will because yeah. I will buy his jersey to start this year because I'm a big Danny Jansen fan I mean he can receive balls decently. Reese McGuire seems like he's going to be a better receiver behind the plate, and Luke Maley currently is as well. But the offensive talent is clearly there for Danny Jansen, and it's all because he added those spectacles. I think back in late 2017, maybe 2018, I can't remember what year he decided to add the goggles at the plate to help the division. But (laughs) yeah, exactly. So no, it looks like he can do it all. And as I said in my Jay's Journal piece on Danny Jansen for the top 30 prospects list, we've had a lot of catchers of the future who have broken fans' heart, J.P. Arancibia, Guillermo Quiroz, a whole bunch of guys who just were always touted as the next big catcher and never ended up being anything. So I think Jay's fans can finally trust that Danny Jansen won't break your heart and will be that catcher of the future. And they may have a second one with Weiss and Wire too, so that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say that it's it's nice to have a log jam at at catcher for uh, in terms of prospects. I don't remember the last time we've seen that at the same time. Um, we'll see so all I, our good catchers in our organization were you know imports. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically right. And um, look, I I think he has the ability to be a mainstay at catcher for a long time for this team. Um, 
I love how he's the new squints of the organization. Like Brett Cecil sort of passed the torch, you know, yeah, theoretically. Yeah. Um, look, I, I love it. I, I think he's by far one of the most talented players on this team. Like, I, I, uh, Craig, you can speak to this. Um, he was one of the best players in Buffalo, if not the best player in Buffalo for the vast majority of the time. Like, he was raking in Buffalo last year. Yeah, just his swing carried in that ballpark so beautifully and seeing the the you know the measurements aren't too different from what is now Salem Field to Toronto I just see him as a guy that you know he had 12 home runs last year 10 the year before and a lot of that was you know okay he's finally seeing the ball this is a guy that literally went from batting 218 in 2016 210 in 2015 to batting 323 in 2017 yeah. it's unheard of and he played in three different levels so it was not a uh, age differential thing at that point it was a tested true fact that he was going to be able to hit at that point was wondering if it was a flash in the pan but after last season you know, another 275 performance in the minor leagues, and then he runs right into Toronto and actually steals the hearts of a lot of Blue Jays fans and knowing the fact that he's going to be eventually taking that job and that 30-game sample size, I think, is the reason we're not even talking about Russell Martin, I'm sorry, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing that, about Danny Jansen that stands out to me the most about well, who he is as a hitter is the fact that in those games in 2018, 360 plate appearances in Buffalo, he almost walked as much as he struck out. So he's going to get on base, much like Russell Martin did. And even when he got to the big leagues, he still had a 347 OBP despite a 247 batting average. So he's a good hitter. He's got a good eye at the plate. And if you can almost walk as much as you strike out, much like Jose Bautista did, there was a mm-hmm. few seasons where he walked more than he struck out, you're a good hitter. And, Craig, you mentioned the power last year, hitting 12 home runs at Coca-Cola Field, now Salem Field. Wouldn't surprise me if maybe in a year or two, with a little more experience than big, that Danny Jansen could be a, between a 15 to 20 home run catcher. Which is insanely good, guys. We haven't had a... Yes. What was the last guy other than Martin? <laughs> Are we talking right. Charlie O'Brien? <laughs> Greg Myers? JP. JP, JP. hit 23 okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. I forgot about that. I was thinking for some reason he was exactly in that 15 to 20 ballpark. But as far as all that goes, it's just insanely... It feels good to finally say that we actually have a catcher that's homegrown for a change. You know... It's one thing that you know we you know to get the Ken Huckabees of the world coming our direction, but you know, and Kevin Cash is a major league manager and a very good major league manager, but he never panned out either. So having somebody like Danny Jansen that's just coming in and more or less trucking it, I think he's going to run into this and he's going to be really, really good for a long time. As you guys are agreeing with me, on that. oh for sure, for sure. I I just do want to caution Blue Jays fans that look, I I know. I don't disagree with uh, them getting rid of Russell Martin or trading him, rather. Um, but uh, Russell Martin was a special player, and like we we're talking a lot about intangibles. Um, that sort of veteran presence with umpires, it does matter, right? It, it does carry a little bit of weight. So there's going to be, um, I want to say, times where Blue Jays fans might be frustrated. Like he's not as nearly as good as a framer as uh, Russell Martin is. And uh, having that, not having that veteran presence to sort of go back and forth with umpires to sort of like pull weight, that's not going to be there. That's something he's going to have to earn. Um, so I, I just caution Blue Jays fans that early on, uh, it might be a little bit frustrating in that regard behind the plate for Danny Jansen. Yeah. 
Those growing yeah. pains are definitely going to be there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely probably the area of his game behind the plate that needs the most amount of work receiving the ball, being able to frame it. And as I mentioned a little earlier, Reese McGuire is really good at doing that. So yeah, even though we're all gushing about Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire is somebody who we could all gush about as well because he has almost as equal a bat and might be even better defensively than Danny Jansen. But I'm not raining on his trade because I love Danny Jansen and he will be my next jersey. So, uh, <laughs> one thing I gotta say, guys, in the midst of all that, you know, that 30 game call up for him, he batted 247 without getting in consistent at bats, splitting time with Russell Martin and Luke Maley, more in the kind of quasi, you know, pinch hit role, late games, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he got plenty of starts, but it was not consistent on any basis. We've seen what he can do with consistency in the minor leagues. Is it somebody that I I don't see him doing anything lower than, you know, kind of like what he did last season. I think he's going to be in the 250 ballpark, and I think that's kind of about wall that he's getting projected for most of his stuff. Right. And I, I'm, uh, the one thing I definitely don't agree with is that I think he's going to be hitting enough that the Blue Jays are going to get on in front of him. His RBI totals are going to be in the 50 ballpark more than anything, but maybe that's yeah. me. Yeah, I think if Jansen's offensive numbers take a bit of a hit this year, it's because he's learning his pitching staff for the first time. Now he's going to have to handle a rotation other than Ryan Barucki uh, every few days uh, and learning his bullpen a little bit more. So stick with him. Don't be – Blue Jays fans shouldn't be worried if Jansen gets off to a slow start. It's a lot for a young catcher who's only 23 years old, turning 24 in April. So uh, – we can it, chalk it, that it, it, one it, up to the, it's the 2019 Blue Jays guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You want you want these young kids to sort of struggle. Like you want them exactly. to experience that so they can improve, right? So like, yes, you're right, Brendan. Expect that. Expect that early on, and don't get frustrated. Just sort of wait it out because that's part of growth. That's part of breaking through. That's part of becoming uh, and reaching your potential. So I completely agree with you. It's going to be frustrating. It will. It might even be like close to half the season where it doesn't click because you know catching it's such a, there's so many like off ball things that you have to do to to really establish yourself so um i i just see nothing but good things ahead it's not going to happen immediately as you mentioned but it, it it will click yeah so to put a bow on that part guys the isn't Danny Jansen almost like a complete microcosm of what we're excited about for the 2019 season though yeah that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It Just could be good. It could be rough. But in all reality, we're going to have fun watching them grow. Yes. Yes. So, all right, fellas, that's 10 through 6. So next week on, you know, for our Wednesday wall-up episode, uh, Ryan DeFrancesca has uh, made it very abundantly clear that he wants to gush for an hour about Vlad with us, Brendan. <laughs> he, he's a good man he's a good friend of mine he's yeah. a very very good man smart guy so we'll talk about that after we get off the air here but as far as all the fun goes um our guest adam corsair is there anything you would like to plug here in your last few minutes uh yeah sure so i was just on um sports radio detroit talking blue jays prospects so i was well prepared for this episode um was just on that that should be dropping later tonight uh tomorrow uh, so wait a minute. This is we're recording this Tuesday evening. So I recorded that episode on Tuesday evening, <laughs> on Wednesday evening. So this evening, when this uh, episode is released, I'll be having a conversation with Ian Hunter uh, regarding uh, the Marcus Stroman 
uh, fiasco that's happening. He wrote a nice little piece about it. So uh, it sort of counters the piece that I wrote, so it's going to be a fun little debate. I'm sure there will be some Vlad talk as well. Drop the gloves, um, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's a great man, dude. He's a very smart and great man, as you both know. So uh, I'm looking forward to having that conversation. And uh, otherwise, I'm just... Raptors are rolling right now, so we're talking all things Raptors a bunch on South of the Six. As uh, my crew is uh, manning the Twitter as we speak right now, so um, are yeah. they winning? Oh yeah, dude, they're they're crushing them eighty-eight to sixty-four right now in the third quarter. Nice. God, <laughs> yeah, it, Raptors are rolling. So um, yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. I I really appreciate you guys having me on. This has been a lot of fun. It's always a good time, man. That's why we love having you on here, especially on a for Wednesday sure. wallop when we can have a you know three way here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's right. For sure. Uh, Brendan, what do you got cooking, man? If the rage about Ross Atkins' comments continue and they have to just have a venting piece telling everybody to relax a little bit, um, other than that, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I may have to do that just to stir up, the po- uh, continue to stir the pot a little bit, kind of like what I was doing before we hopped on on Twitter with a few uh, Jace fans on Jace Twitter, but. I mean, other than that, I think uh, the tweet I brought up earlier from Jeff Blair that we had a good laugh at is a very good slogan for 2019. <laughs> Thank you for legalized pot in Canada because there's <laughs> going to be a ton of jackassery on Jays' Twitter this season, but it's going to be fun. So Was that part of the idea of Adam, using thank- the Blue Jays in on 2019? You know, just like a government decision? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the only reason why Trudeau decided to legalize it. Oh, that's too funny. Love but that's it. good stuff, man. Okay, I thought you were saying we're gonna say something, I'm sorry. So <laughs> fellas, it has been a pleasure and another wonderful edition of the Wednesday Wallop here on Jay Bird Watching. Uh my co host Brendan Panikar with me and Adam Corsair of South of the Six. Fellas, appreciate the visit and yeah, it's been great. Thanks to you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Adam. I appreciate it. All right, fellas, cheers, and uh, yeah, soon we'll be back with our you know morning mash episodes here. We're going to start those back up again early mornings for you so you can get your quick 5-10 minute commute news on what's going on with the Toronto Blue Jays. We didn't want to jump in on that when there's way too many minor league numbers in the you know day-to-day <laughs> box scores. <laughs> I'm sure you two can attest to that um, as far as how much Michael Kay was having fun with everybody, Blue Jay related names on the you know Monday feed. <laughs> But, yeah, we just figure we're going to iron that all out, get that going so we can spring training. And then, fellas, I think this would be an eclectic group for an eventual live show. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down for that. Game on. We can get your mutant, muting a buck and tab off and uh, <laughs> go from there. <laughs> so, fellas, great. Blue Jays fans, don't forget to hit us up and on Twitter and everything, and we'll talk to you, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Wednesday Wallop to conclude our wonderful prospects countdown. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.